Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, quote-unquote anime expert, uh, Jack Metcalf. And joining us, new guest is Rachel Ondang. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Rachel, you were the one who picked this show we're doing. We were doing Link Click. I had no idea what Link Click was until I uh, asked you what you wanted to do for this podcast, and you gave me two options. And Link Click uh, was the shorter show, which is why I picked it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, got an unfortunate name, Link Click, because obviously online it just shows up as either a link that you click, and it's sometimes really hard to find. That is true, yeah. I was like, I was looking for interviews with the, uh, the director of the series, and I was like, oh yeah, uh, first off, the series is a bit of a deep cut, and also, yeah, the, the name also makes it even harder to find information about this. Definitely. All right. Uh, this series came out. Sorry, just pulling up the Wikipedia again. This is this was new for me. So, Rachel, uh, what made you choose Link Click? What what appeals uh, to you about the series? Um, first of all, I absolutely love mysteries, and it's really hard to find really good kind of mystery type animation shows. Um, my sibling actually um, pointed this one out to me. Um, they were watching it as it was coming out. And I just picked it up right when it finished. So luckily I was able to binge it, but having to wait week um, per week for it is absolutely killer with all the plot twists. Yeah, absolutely. And also uh, waiting for the second season because again, I knew nothing about this going in. Uh, with a lot of uh, these anime we do, I am the quote unquote expert. The, they are shows I'm familiar with. This I went in blind. I I knew it was about time travel. I didn't, I kind of just assumed by the 11 episode run and the fact that it premiered in April 2021 that it was, you know, kind of a standalone. It is not. This show ends on a massive cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. A massive, massive cliffhanger. Yeah. I literally watched the finale this afternoon and I texted you. I'm like, oh, God, that fucking ending. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, honestly, I've watched this series about three times over now and I keep finding new things in the background and everything. It's great. Yeah. So I was taking notes on um, the, so we're basically discussing the first five episodes, episodes one to five. And, you know, when I watch these shows, I I take notes. I often pause with an anime, you know, animes are about 20, 20 minutes long or so. Even with pausing, it should, shouldn't take me longer than say two hours to get through this. With this show, it took me about three hours because I constantly had to pause. Yep. <laughs> uh, again, the, the nature of doing a podcast, you don't have to pause the show if you're just watching it. You can just enjoy it and move on to the next episode. But for the sake of this discussion, I was like, oh, God, what are the, you know, the show is very smart. And like you said, you've watched it three times and are discovering new things. Mm-hmm. And even just like finding out the rules, finding out the relationship with the characters. I just went on a Reddit thread and it gave me a new perspective on episode five. Yeah, you, you can watch the show three times. You can watch it four times. I'm sure when the second season airs, you can watch it the fifth time. There's a lot to take in because this show does not bother to slow down for you. To its credit, I respect that. Yeah, definitely. It's um, very smart and it's it kind of points out um, like everything has a reason for being there, if that yeah, makes for- sense. No, that totally makes sense, and it's a credit to the writing. And I think, you know, anytime you're you're dealing with something like time travel, first off, you have to establish rules, which is what the show does in literally the first moments. They say, first rule, you get 12 hours. Second, follow my lead and change nothing. Stick to the script. And so we're like, okay. And any person familiar with time travel shows 
or movies or video games or whatever is like inevitably a character is going to try and change something that's that's kind of the given that's how you make it fun that's how you create conflict it's interesting to see again i'm kind of just uh uh, what's the word dicing through this but yeah there there's quite a few twists here so anyways the show was directed by lee lee howling um he's got like 16 credits he's done quite a bit as a director i'm just gonna give you give you folks uh this interview i found where he just kind of explains why he did the show so he said i started working on the script for link click near the end of 2019 the early idea came from a simple desire to journey back to the past shown in photos all those blinding smiles, doodles, and the school desks from back then. How would it feel if the current me were to return to that place in time? However, the goal was to write a show that will keep people watching. It was necessary to set up the appropriate obstacles, so I came up with the idea of splitting one ability into two. One person can return to the past through photos, but has no knowledge of what's going to happen. The other knows what will happen inside a photo, but can't enter it. And thus, Cheng Xiaoxing... Sorry, did I pronounce that right? Oh my god. Uh, I think so. <laughs> all right. Thank you. And Lu Gang were born. That is why having two male leads was not initially intended as a commercial selling point. I just needed two characters with complementary abilities. Of course, I also understood a male-female partnership. Of course, I also considered a male-female partnership, but I also felt that it would be difficult for two people of the opposite sex to give their hearts to each other without reservation, not unless their relationship moves beyond mere friendship. But that's something possible between a pair of buddies, so we decided to go with two male leads in the end. Chow Ling was designed to bring in the unique viewpoint and actions of a female friend, such as acting like an older sister to Chang Xiaoji, and caring for him in a familial manner. This is something completely different from what Lu Gang can give him. Next, I considered using an episodic format with an overarching plot, which is often used in dramas. The original plan for my previous show, Devil Game, was to cut straight to the main story without giving the audience a chance to catch their breath. However, the concept of entering photographs leaves a lot of room for the imagination and allows for more realism and humanistic sensibilities. The classic format of having an overarching plot with episodic narratives was adopted for the purpose of balancing the two. Moreover, the moment I came up with the idea of entering photos, I thought, if we could, through animation, return to events that happened in reality and help mend the pain of those who have had regrets about a certain moment in a certain photo, it'll give greater meaning to the show as an animated work. For that reason, the extra episodes and the extra and the episodic stories were all set up to help people in real life fulfill their promises in the future. And then he gets into spoiler territory, but yeah, what do you think of that, Rachel? Um, I absolutely loved um, how they kind of set this up. Um, even just taking like rather again instead of the male female kind of lead, having the two males. Um, as friends, it just really complemented each other very, very well. And I just love how they set it up. Yeah. So Chang and Lu, they run a place called Time Photo Studio, and they, ex- they accept a request to expose a company's illegal activities. Chang enters the body of an office worker named Emma through a photo. Chang is the one who embodies Emma. Lu, I guess telepathically, like, I'm not, h- how does that link work? Is that explained or is that something I missed? Um, so basically how the power kind of works is, um, so Chang takes the body of the person who takes the photo that they enter. Um, he also gains a bit of their memories and how they felt during that time. That's pretty much all he gets. Uh, Lu Guang can see the, um, 12 hours, um, of the photo from when it was taken. 
And so together, um, Chang can kind of tell him how how to play things out. And um, Chang has the ability to, I guess, keep things in line or potentially make changes. And we don't seem, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, we don't get an explanation for how they get their power, do we? No, not yet, anyway. I, I suppose that's a season two or season three or so forth mystery. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the, the awful, terrible boss that Emma has. He, he sexually harasses Emma slash uh, Chang. Uh, for the purposes of just making this easy to talk about, I'm going to refer... Anytime Chang is embodying the person, I'm just going to call them Chang because this gets very confusing. Yes. <laughs> it's like, all right, are we talking about Emma? But no, we're talking about the, the Chang that is uh, embodying Emma. Anyways, luckily for Chang, uh, they do not have to go through with a kiss with the terrible, creepy boss. Uh, so Emma, she lives a lonely existence, working late, eating shitty spring rolls. We see like one of the spring rolls has like a, a maggot or something in it. Yeah, it's so gross. It's it's disgusting. Uh, and then we get this sweet call from her father. And, you know, he asked why she blocked him because, you know, it, her mother is like so concerned about her. And he's like, listen, Emma, it's like, you know, your mother can like see your Insta stories or social media stories or whatever. Why did you block me? And um, yeah, he kind of just tells her, listen, we love you. A- Emma's existence is so, so depressing. Yeah, she's, you know, going through the city grind of trying to, you know, make it in the big city um, when she came from like a small kind of village. And mm. she's really trying her best, but um, it's it's not a kind world to her, unfortunately. No, it sucks. Um, so Chang goes to sleep and he gets to experience Emma's memories where she has spring rolls with her parents. This scene got me, yo. This scene. Oh, yeah, my God. It hurts. Oof. And again the show is so smart in the way it kind of just like tosses you in again you just kind of hear the rules you know don't change anything and then you also get this aspect of yeah the character chang gets to experience these characters memories and you know in the case of emma this stuff is tragic as heck and so emma's mom texts her and tells her that emma means everything to them and then this is where is this at the point where chang texts the mom back or is that afterwards again the 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 timeline of this series yeah no worries it's definitely confusing the first time around um so what happens is chang gets home super super late probably like 2 or 3 a.m um the phone kind of goes off with the notification um lu guang warns him it's best not to look because he knows it might Mm. trigger chang as a person um and then lu guang kind of comforts him and tells him that, you know, this is how things are, but everything's going to be okay. And he ends up falling asleep. And Chang, unable to sleep, kind of rolls over and didn't listen and looked at the the message and ended up responding back to the mother, which kind of put things in motion. Uh, so meanwhile, in like the afternoon or something during work, Chang knocks a glass onto the boss and then the boss's wife catches Chang touching the boss seemingly inappropriately. The wife slaps Chang, but they acquire the data needed. Again, this whole sequence, again, just the, the terrible existence that Emma is living, where just like the boss's wife is accusing her of, you know, being a, uh, you know, yeah. being, again, uh, ter- terrible life for Emma. And then unfortunately, uh, there's some stuff where it seems like it's going to get better for her, 
but it doesn't. So Emma, no longer embodied by Chang, goes home to find a play of spring rolls. Yeah, this is where we learn that Chang, as Emma, texted her parents back. This is heartwarming. And then Emma runs to the train station and bumps into a blonde guy who offers her a ride. And then we then, in the present, hear a news report saying Emma has died. Cliffhanger moments. Yes, right at the very end. It's heartbreaking. Oh, my God. (laughs) This episode is usually what gets people into this show. It's... uh, it's it's so well written, especially when um, near the end when everything's kind of wrapping up nicely. Lu Guang, like out of nowhere, is like, "You didn't do anything stupid, did you?" And yeah. sure enough, you know, a, a simple message back didn't seem like much, but it has consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, and this this basically sets up the overarching arc of the season. But episode two, like the director said in the interviews, episode two gets to be an episodic one. So this is a new mission. They need to discover a secret ingredient. Uh, Yuja's partner has betrayed them, and they want to figure out the secret of the noodles for their like, uh, noodle restaurant. So Chang asked Liu, if they were to ever disagree, would they still be friends? <laughs> Cut back to flashback of just what just happened in episode one, where we know that uh, uh, Lu, Lu Gang has a bit of information that he knows that he has not told Chang. Uh, yeah, so he, has, he does know that Chang has changed the future. Chang dives into multiple photos to discover when the two women had their disagreements. Uh, there's a very funny sequence where Chang is forced to eat 10 giant bowls of noodles through his adventure, which... Again, when you're when you're talking time travel, you're like, okay, so Chang is when he's eating these noodles, when he when he's going through these actions, it is like affecting his his own body in the present. Yes, it's um, it, it was absolutely hilarious. It's like um, he he ate those ten bowls, and he's like, oh, I can't deal with any more noodles. And then he gets you know a cup noodle for when he returns, and he's like, no, I'm done. Please, no. <laughs> So, so this is something I observed on my rewatch of rewatching episode two. They do kind of um, play up the flirtation between Lin Zen and uh, Yuja, it seems. There's definitely like a couple references to, um, what is it, them sharing the same bed? Yeah, I think, e- yeah, even Chang is like, okay, what's going on here? They don't, they so don't it- explicitly <laughs> say it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because um, s- some things are censored in certain countries. Yes. Um, again. So they can't explicitly say it, but it's heavily, heavily hinted. Okay, that this is like a this is a romantic connection because again, yeah, this is Chinese Chinese animation. Yes, this is not. That's the other thing too. Uh, this podcast we've only covered one other piece of Chinese animation, which was Scissor Seven. Again, um, I absolutely love Scissor Seven. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. This is very different, though. Again, uh, those are literally the only two pieces of Chinese. A- uh, "Quote unquote" on anime Chinese anime that I've watched. It's funny because uh, I you look up Link Click, and the first like question on Google is "Is Link Click worth watching?" And the second question is "Is Link Click considered anime?" So I think a, a lot of people have that question. And again, like you know, even something like Castlevania, you know, we've covered it on the podcast because it's a dope show. Mm-hmm. But but that's like oh, I is that even anime? It's like written by Americans. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's anime. It's, it's kind of funny because it's like, I think it's heavily anime inspired. Um, but I think 
honestly, if if it means much to you as like anime, yeah. I why not consider it anime? Exactly. Uh, Batman the Animated Series uh, can be anime. It was done by a Japanese and a Korean studio. So there you go. Oh, what, there you what, go. Is <laughs> what is anime? Anime is animation. The Simpsons is anime. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, I love I love that distinction. So a lot of a lot of people also have this question. But yeah, like that is something I didn't consider. That yeah, this being Chinese, there probably is some censorship, which is why they can't make it completely explicit but certainly upon rewatch i was like okay there there is something going on between these two yes. um <laughs> uh so lin zen she left the business just as they were blowing up because her joy uh as a cook left as the uh franchise got bigger the food no longer mattered to her partner and she felt the shop wasn't hers uh we get a dream flashback to them as young girls it's very sweet uh, they're like doing karaoke going to movies and then in a cab, Chang gets a lead when they see some tickets for Zhang Zhuang, where there's an ingredient called fragrant flower. And the mission is seemingly complete, but there's also like five minutes left in the episode. So I'm like, okay, well, some there's more to this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the thing. You just look up the episode, you're like, oh, how much time is left? And you're like, oh, okay, well, there's probably more to this. Anyways, going through the photos, they find a photo of the noodles and the rice cooker when they're young girls. Chang as Lin says they should uh, code in, instead of make noodles, but Liu gets him back on track. And it turns out the originator of the secret ingredient was uh, not Lin Zen, it was you. That was so sweet that it was actually, you know, her, her. It was the person trying to find the secret ingredient who was actually the one who was key to, to discovering it. Yeah, it was so heartwarming um, when they found that out in the, the final photo. Um, that it it meant that much to Lin and um, you, like how they made the noodles. Like it was a kind of team effort there. Very sweet episode. And with this new info, they repair their relationship. And uh, like you said, due to censorship, maybe there is something more going on uh, that they can continue, which is great. Episode three. This is uh, basically a three episode arc. We hear a news report uh, concerning Emma's death. And then Chow, who's, yeah, the uh, the co-female lead of the series, she runs and is stalked by some creepy dude. Lou grabs him, but the guy reveals he's here for the business. And uh, the, the guy, he, sa he says to uh, Chow, he says, some say you're a fairy, some say you're an old witch. Yes. <laughs> the rumors seem to be going around, and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Chow is a great character. I adore her. She's so uh, cute. She absolutely is. So the client, he was a bench warmer on his team. And the picture comes from the worst day of his life. Chang takes a pic uh, as Chen, who's our, our um, client of the week, effectively. Um, so, they're, so they're at a basketball game. A lot of this episode is just them playing basketball. I was like, oh, my God, is this an episode of like slam dunk or something? <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know. This guy is the bench warmer and Chang takes a pick, but he ends up stunning a player with a flash, which mildly changes the timeline. Chang has to ensure that his team loses. Unfortunately, his actions lead to the team being motivated instead. Uh, Chang begins to reflect on his own partnership with Lou, who, whom they met at a basketball game, right? Yes. Okay, good that I picked up on that. Again, this show... <laughs> there is. This is why, again, it's good to have you on here because I'm supposed to be like the expert and here I'm like, no, this is like a lot to take in. 
It is. They kind of um, combined um, like their own lore and story with um, everyone else's, like their clients that come in. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of throw you into it, and um, you kind of just have to grasp it as it's getting chucked at you. No, uh, but it's fantastic writing. That's this thing, and you know, yeah. there are. We're only talking about the first five episodes. We'll probably do a bit of spoiler talk just for fun, but yeah, there there are many connections, and just getting the timeline all right is again. There's a reason why if you watch the show three times. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> so so Chang he's he ends up playing his heart out. Uh, the animation here is stellar. Again, it's like the director was like, "Oh, sweet, I get to do a sports anime for this episode." Yeah, the uh, animation is it. It stunned me. Like I had to watch it a couple times over. Just it, it's gorgeous. But then the imposing player, whose name is Long Long Yong, he knocks him down and steps on Chang's glasses. Chang's teammate manages to shoot a three pointer, and then we end this episode on a cliffhanger with just the the fate of one of the shots. And I'm like, oh, sweet. This is a two-parter. I, I figured this, again, the show establishes itself as like a case of the week thing. So I was like, all right, you know, cliffhanger time for part two of this case. Turns out it wasn't part two. This is a three-parter. Yes. Uh, uh, again. So episode four, we uh, ha- it's established that the timeline is made up of important nodes. You might accidentally alter something before one of these points, but you're in the clear if it happens before the critical event is supposed to. You know, when you when you think of time travel, you think of something like Back to the Future, even uh, Avengers Endgame. That was, of course, a massive hit that everybody saw. That was another thing where it was like, okay, there's there's these there's these fixed points in time. We can play with things around them, but you know, there's some things you can't change. Doctor Who does the same same thing where it's like, you know. You can alter, alter the face of individuals, but you can't say uh, uh, kill Hitler and end World War II early or something like that. So yeah. time travel, yo. It's even when I'm just talking about, it, I'm like, oh God, am I getting this right? <laughs> uh, so Chang's changes ended up messing with him. So this is a cool thing. He's almost like getting these like seizures or headaches. And then Lou tells him the big node is still unchanged. Uh, Chang runs into the client's first love while taking the injured captain home. And she's the sister of the injured captain. And he makes a promise with her, but we don't hear it. There's also, um, I didn't take this in my notes. I should have. There's also the whole thing with the fate of the gym, right? Yes. Um, so basically, um, the basketball team, um, it's in a, again, another very rural, um, mountainside kind of village. And, um, so everything was kind of built as a factory and then it was kind of converted into a school. So they're using this old factory with like old cars as kind of like a makeshift kind of basketball team. However, um, there was plans to get rid of the old factory um, and the basketball team wanted to save it. Um, so they, they kept fighting for um, if we win against this city team that um, they'd be able to keep it. Um, however, it was discovered that a long time ago, the plans were already set in motion to demolish it regardless of the outcome. And yeah, the only way to kind of escape the um, city, it, or sorry, escape the um, the village is to study. So they don't really want them to play basketball. They want them to be studying. A lot to take in, especially when we get to uh, yes. <laughs> w- 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 where this arc goes. So yeah, we also, first off, the, uh, the clients like love, oh my God, they're like little courtship is so adorable because again, Ch- Chang is experienced this gets so complicated when I talk about it. Chang observes that, like, what is it? 
when she compliments the fact that he looks better without the glasses, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that moment, again, adorable. And, you know, we're like, okay, what's going on with this? You know, how does this get supposedly ruined, sadly? Because, again, we know that he's going to ruin something with his best friend, ruin something with his uh, first love, and ruin something with his mom. So we're kind of in fear of, like, what are these big moments? And they don't seem to come yet. Um, and then Lou ensures Chang that this promise he makes with the girl won't change anything. And we don't hear the promise either. We, we don't, right? Uh, no, yeah, sorry. We don't hear anything for the captains or the, um, basically all three of them. Yeah, I thought that was unique. And there will be payoff, which we will get to for that. Yeah. Uh, Chang then meets with Chen's mom. She gets into a fight with Chen over him wanting to leave for a job in the city. His father left his mom over this as well. Not like, like left romantically, but again, he's like a photographer. So she's like, you know, why is he doing all this tabloid work and not being with me? And it's a pretty heartbreaking fight. Absolutely, yeah. So again, we don't hear what Chang says here either. And then this is where things get real. Chang freaks out when he realizes the year is 2008. And then in his own life, his mom and dad were caught in an earthquake, right? So because Correct. we see... Okay, again. Or at least I think a, that's what's happened. I, tr I trust you more than I trust me with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we see a flashback as Chang because Chang is younger than Chen. To totally normal stuff we're talking about. Where, yeah, uh, he has his own flashback of what's happened to him. And the reason we learn that Chang can do whatever he wants in this timeline is because all these people die in the earthquake and we have a cliffhanger over what Chang will do. Yes. Again. It's so heavy. Just right at the end, it hits you. You know what this little arc reminds me of? It reminds me of Your Name. Does, have you seen that? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. And again, they're both body-switchy movies. Your Name ends a lot happier in that uh, arc that it tackles. But yeah, we have this arc where Chang learns that there's a terrible disaster and he tries to prevent it. In Your Name, the two lead characters successfully avert disaster. In this one, it's uh, not quite that happy of an ending. So episode five, Chang tries to inform Chen's friends of the earthquake. The townspeople don't believe him. His fake reason is that he read it in a magazine. Chang, not so good at the excuses. Chang tries to at least save Chen's family, but the earthquake still happens. But he's at least with Chen's mom, but she still dies. And this is also another thing with Liu Gang, where Liu Gang tells Chang that he's going to help him avert this disaster. And it turns out he's lied. Yes. and. One of the, the, the biggest no that you can't cross over is death. You can't rewrite that. So in the present, and again, you're going to have to correct me. Is it the captain who gives Chen the camera? Um, it's actually um, the client's father. Oh. So he was safe because he was um, out in the city taking photographs. Um, and he's the one that came back um, to the house after it was destroyed and brought back the camera. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I... I wasn't sure. I was trying to look in the dialogue because the, the way my mind worked was like, okay, the captain left for his own thing. That's what happened. But no, okay, so it's Chen's father. We get this heartbreaking montage uh, with all the photographs. And we also learn that Chen has a child and he sings him a lullaby to sleep. This is what I got from Reddit. And you've probably picked up on this too, Rachel, already. So Chen's future actually did change. Uh, he was not married previously. He now has a ring on his finger in the new timeline. Uh, Thank you, soft and soft on Reddit. He says, the client's future has changed so much that he doesn't make his initial request in this future. 
He enters the studio and simply asks if they can develop photos from old cameras. He doesn't recognize any of the employees or seem to know or care at all about their secret service. He doesn't sound like a grateful or fulfilled customer. As this happens, Liu Gang simultaneously comments that their actions actually do have an impact on the future, somewhat verifying the above and below. And the words made to the girl resulted in them creating a promise, an unexpected outcome, just like the old camera surviving was an unexpected outcome. As he sits on his transit home, he thinks about the pinky promise before revealing the ring. If he had enough difficulty forgetting her without ever confessing anything, I find it hard to believe that he'd be able to move on with anyone else. So the nodes are not unchangeable. They are critical foundations for keeping the timeline consistent. In this story, the critical node of the three characters dying is likely changed because his future is different. Since it is different and we know that the mother is still dead, the likeliest result is that the girl survived and they fulfilled their promise to each other. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense because um, they definitely... I did not notice the um, the ring on his finger. So that, that would be awesome if she survived because... Oof, like it was a heavy, heavy episode for me. It it's um definitely really heavy and I've noticed it was easier to tell in the English dub of the series um what the um he was told to say to each of the clients. And t- I realized in my recent rewatch that what he had said to the mother was actually the same song that was sung to him. Uh, that the client was singing to his own son. Okay. And that's why she she was kind of crying before after the argument, but then she started laughing because it was kind of out of nowhere and out of the blue. But it brought back a lot of kind of memories for them. This show, yo, this, again, it's so, I mean, you can already tell I'm kind of confused myself because again, the writing is so precise. Yes. But it also does not go out of its way to just it doesn't straight up tell you hey this is exactly what happened you have to pick up on things and again we now have this reddit person who's just revealed something to you despite you watching this three times yeah it's it's crazy how much information is even there not explained but it's uh, it's so well written i i absolutely adore this show yeah, so I learned that there is a live action version of this show in development i'm not sure if it's aired yet uh, a lot of my information that I found uh, came from this one Twitter user named Miho. Uh, so I'm going to link Miho in the show notes because it's funny. This one person is like, I guess, like the number one link click fan for English speakers because they just have a ton of uh, interviews with the director and just random stuff. So there is a 24 episode live action version of the show that is going to air at some point uh, on Chinese television, I suppose. Oh, wow. I, I definitely have to find that somewhere because that would be awesome. Uh, this is what uh, Li Gaoling had to say about season two. So he says, hello, everyone. I am Li Haoling, the director of Link Click and the To Be a Hero series. I'm sure you've already watched the PV for the second season of Link Click. You might have been shocked by the scenes and plot you saw. People are concerned about the whereabouts of Lu Gang, so they may have had their hearts in their mouths. We will be continuing with the thriller or rather suspense style in the second season and give viewers an even more exciting storyline, which will follow the same pace as the second half of the first season. You might be concerned about whether or not the many standalone stories in the first season, including the stuff about human feelings, will still be there. I'm hoping to weave these standalone stories into a more tense and suspenseful plot about chasing after a murderer. We might also take a new approach to the performance and directing. I hope you can look forward to it. We are grinding away on it. Yeah, I'm 
absolutely. I, I've been counting down the days that it's going to be coming. I is, is there a date yet for it? or? Um, from what I could tell, like, I couldn't find anything, but I know it will be soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, like sometime this year, I think it was. Yeah. The, I definitely might be wrong, but. <laughs> yeah, there is no date I could, I could find, but again, it aired in 2021. So again, that's the thing, you know, b- back in the day, uh, back, back in the before times, uh, a series you could kind of count on it airing within a year, even within like six months. Uh, this is no longer the case. This, uh, the two-year waits are what we're used to. Uh, we just covered Chainsaw Man on the podcast, and I'm just like, yeah, this next season is two years away at least. It's 2023. Link Click season two should be here this year, but who knows? The unfortunate thing is that I don't know if I would say it's a deep cut. I guess it is because again, the fandom seems very small, um, and I guess that's probably just to do with Chinese animation being a smaller deal. Although again, it was you know big enough for Funimation to dub it. So I think that's to its credit. The fact that it even got an English dub means there must be some interest here. But... Oh, yeah. Like, um, when I first watched it, it was in Mandarin um, with yeah. English subtitles. And um, literally the day I finished it was when it was put on Funimation. And um, at the time, I think it was just um, announcing that it would have a Japanese dub. Mm-hmm. And then later we kind of got the English dub alongside with that one. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <Sorry>. Yeah. No <laughs> worries. It's all good. thanks to the power of edits. There's something about this series. Again, I feel like I'm so, you know, Rachel, you're the one again, who's watched it more times than me. And I'm just like, shit, what do I have to say? Because even now I'm like, did I pick up on everything? And again, the, the cliffhanger, the final episodes of this show, when I'm first watching this show, my experience is, okay, this is, you know, fun standalone episodes. You get to episode three through five, which are kind of their own arc. Then it picks up the pace. Also, episode five, uh, I like the cliffhanger it ends on where the police officer arrives and he asks him about the business. And the police officer in the English dub is voiced by Christopher Sabat, who is best known as uh, Vegeta in Dragon Ball and also All Might in My Hero Academia. And I love Christopher Sabat so much. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Sabat, again, you know, as a person... He's been with Funimation since like the beginning of that company. So you can just tell he always gets like the prime roles. So you're like, okay, Christopher Sabat's playing a character. They must be pretty important. He also voices Zoro in One Piece. So he voices like all my favorite characters, which I find really funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anytime Christopher Sabat is in, I'm just like, okay, okay. Now I really got to pay attention. But the rest of the English cast is also fantastic too, though. Oh, yeah. Like, um, it, funny enough, like just the other day, um, Alejandro, um, who voices um, the English version of Cheng, my sibling got me um, a gift signing from him. So um, on a link click poster. So I am over the moon with that right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, he voices uh, Cheng. Yeah, that's awesome. No, he does a great job. Uh, I I adore uh, Chow so much. I think we can now. Yeah, let's do it before uh, we basically just spoil it. Let's do our favorite segment, cue the music. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite supporting character of this batch of episodes. I will go first so Rachel has time to think. 
my speed wagon is Chow. She's adorable. She gets a lot more to do in the subsequent episodes, but even in the first impression she makes is, I, I just adore her so much. Especially the whole thing where uh, people keep calling her a witch. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely like one of my favorites too, because um, she kind of just ties the duo together as well. And yeah, she just has like um, kind of a part that she doesn't know about at the beginning where, um, sorry, my brain. No worries. Again, th- this show is making all of our brains. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not well equipped. I should have watched this a third time. I'm worried that it might go into spoiler territory, but. Um, uh, let's let's put a spoiler yeah. warning. I think, I think it's fair. We already kind of announced it that we would maybe touch on some stuff, but go for it. Okay, so definitely spoiler warning, but um, she definitely gets more and more involved, um, especially in like the later episodes where that will be a major um, kind of key thing that will go into the second season of um, that she got possessed by another. Yeah, there's when you get into the possession stuff, like again, spoiler warning, sorry. <laughs> that stuff happens in what the final episode, right? And that's where I'm just like, oh, oh God, what are what are we doing here? The, the presence of another time traveler or mind traveler, it seems. Yeah, that was a twist where I'm like, I thought this was a happy show. I thought this was just going to be like people being happy and, you know, maybe the lead characters have supernatural abilities, but we wouldn't have to deal with another layer like that. And that's when you're like, nope, uh, season two, I would assume is going to get a lot more into that. Like the director said, it's going to become more suspenseful. Yeah, it's some interesting stuff. So Rachel, who is your speed wagon? I, I would have to say Emma. I loved Emma. She, she has such a presence in like the beginning and final episode where um, that kind of kicked off everything, like all the subsequent um, changes and everything and even different episodes. Um, Chang never kind of lets that go. And um, even in like a later episode where um, she's kind of in the car and he kind of realizes everything that's happened to Emma and he, all he wants to do is just save her. I mean, again, we we know that stuff is coming just because of the nature of the setup at the end of that first episode where you're constantly thinking, okay, what is going on with the, the murder of Emma? Can it be prevented? Because again, this is a time travel show. It's It's gotta happen. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that seems like that's still a mystery going into season two. Uh, she has a fate that doesn't look great at the end of the season. I would hope that the show will uh, correct that fate, but I guess we'll see. I definitely hope so too. Final thoughts on, on Link Click or just uh, assorted thoughts. I'll just go. This show, again, th- th- this is a show where I'm just like, shit, am I, am I the quote unquote anime expert? This show uh, hurts my brain. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, you can rewatch it numerous times. As, as you can tell, we are still finding wonderful people on Reddit who are uh, pointing out new things for us. It's also interesting because the show is, you know, the, the show is not, say, it, it is, it does not have the fandom of, say, a, a Chainsaw Man or something where you can, like, find a ton of information. So that actually means you really have to work at it. You know, when you're watching a show like Attack on Titan, Chainsaw Man, and any one of the, the numerous popular anime, you know, you can just Google, hey, what was the deal with this? And you will find an explanation instantly with link click you're going to have to do some digging. Uh, even the Reddit thread only had discussions for episode five through 11, because I guess people just didn't start watching it with the first episode or just that's how it turned out. 
Yeah, it's definitely harder to find. It's um, I would definitely call it a hidden gem. Yeah, um, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, not a lot of people um, even realize it's a show. And it's kind of a shame because it's quite good when it comes to mystery. And there's not a lot of mystery on the market that I can't kind of guess what's going to happen. Um, and I'm still, again, finding out more about the show and like little details that they've put in there that they haven't actually explained. I also noticed that there is like a, a chibi version of, of this series or something like that. Yeah, which I actually just found out about. So I haven't even seen that yet. And I absolutely must. <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, a chibi series called The Daily Life in Light Time. It's on uh, Bili Bili. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. Um, yeah, there are 14 episodes. Wow. 14 episodes of that. I guess they're like five minute shorts or something. It's definitely got uh, certainly a fandom in China. The fact that, you know, they're making a live app action adaptation the fact they've got these chibi shorts so it certainly has achieved enough success but again you know i think this also just has to do with the fact that chinese animation just isn't as big in the west or i guess even like in japan or something so i think that the nature of that just makes this kind of more difficult you know yeah it is definitely getting bigger though um because i've noticed um or i have been noticing uh, billy billy more and more um, there's another series that I absolutely love called uh, Modao Zushi, or the English name would be um, the Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, which I think actually won awards. It's um, And I think it is also just been announced, I think about a month or two ago, that it is also getting a Japanese dub. So we might even see that on Funimation or Crunchyroll pretty soon. And um, okay. I'm quite excited to see more fans of that one because that one is, um, their book series and everything is getting huge. So I think more and more Chinese animation is coming. Yeah, and that was the, yeah. That was that was the other series you recommended to me, but I was just like, oh, that's like 40 episodes and Yeah, uh, it has like a couple <laughs> seasons and yeah. Definitely again, a bigger one to watch. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely check it out at some point. But again, it's funny because I I felt I was tricked. I was like, okay, 11 episodes that means it's standalone, you know, something like Cowboy Bebop where I just watch it and then, you know, in, enjoy it as its own thing or or something like Odd Taxi too, which was also standalone. But uh, that was not the case. Now, now I am invested and I have to wait for the second season, unfortunately. I am so sorry, but also not. <laughs> yeah, that's and again, that's the fun thing about this podcast. You know, we, we cover the hits. We, we've done the Chainsaw Mans. We've done the Attack on Titans. But it's always fun finding a, a deep cut like this. Because again, is this anime? Yeah, this, this is anime. This is animation. It's, it's fantastic. It's, you know, we're in this discovery journey together. Definitely. Um, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? I kind of did my final thoughts and then rambled. Oh, no worries. Um, the opening and ending songs and are total bangers. I do not skip them because oof, it, they, they just get stuck in my head. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. My uh, When I had my sister on the podcast a couple episodes ago, I learned that she just... You know, she it was the first time she ever watched anime. And she's like, sorry, Jack, I just skip intro. And it's like, no, the intro is the important part of these series. <laughs> it's just like, no, don't do that. Uh, but again, I never even told her she shouldn't do that. So that's on me. But yeah, this is the intro is fantastic. I told you before, it's now stuck in my head, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's it's stellar, the animation quality um, for what I guess can be considered a smaller series. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I think, again... 
I, I don't want to make assumptions because I'm, I'm not well versed in Chinese animation. I've, the, the two Chinese animation I've watched are literally Scissor 7 in this. So it's only been stuff I've done for the podcast. But this series didn't feel low budget. I think when I watched Scissor 7, and no disrespect to that show, that show is fun. But it does have kind of a janky look. And I think part of it is an artistic choice. But, you know, it set me up for an expectation of how this would look. And no, the show looks fantastic. Yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, like I I know Scissor Seven, it's more like a comedy aspect. Um, so that's definitely why I like the different art style. But not to kind of ramble about the other one, but um, the opening for that one even shows off the different animation styles that they can pull off. And Link Click um, is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I I can't rave on it more, but the uh... I I love it. The original score too is very effective. Uh, like the kind of cliffhanger music that they play that usually leads into the ending is a uh, very intense. And also the music that plays during like the uh, the very sad moments. It's, it's it's so manipulative, but it's very effective. Oh, every time like uh, the sad one plays, like in episode five, like when the mother basically was passing, and oh, I I just cry like a baby. It's. <laughs> Yeah, this show's great. Oh. It reminds me of a lot of other things I really like. And yeah, uh, any more thoughts, Rachel, before we before we get into plugs? I think that's about it for me. But um, if people would check it out, I would be absolutely happy. Fantastic. Uh, Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me in a few locations. <laughs> um, <laughs> one on my website. That's rachelondangvo.com. Um, also under the same name, Rachel Ondang VO on Twitter. And those are the the main locations to find me. Fantastic. And yeah, you can find me at only real Jack M on Twitter. Jack is Jack on Instagram. Find is this anime pod, uh, same name on Twitter and Instagram. We're barely active on Twitter. Sorry, I just don't like using that for the podcast, but we're on Instagram. Instagram is cool, at least uh, for us. So <laughs> I wish I wish Instagram and Twitter were just better at sharing the fact that like when I put a photo on Instagram and then click share to Twitter, it doesn't just like link the photo, it just links the Instagram link. And that's why I hate using it, really. Uh, I blame Elon Musk, even though this problem has existed long before he took over that hell site. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic, Uh, that's the end of our episode. And yeah, watch Link Click. I I wish I was good at the whole and remember thing that my my co-host did, but I think think you've noticed, you dear listener have noticed, I struggle with that. So, uh, and remember, just watch Link Click, it's a good show. See ya.